0: For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Have you ever been in a place where you have so much on your plate, you wonder if you can get it done? Maybe you have been given a paper to write for school. Maybe you got a project you got to finish for work. Maybe you got a house you need to build or a wall to construct. Maybe you've got a child to raise and you're thinking, wow, what is before me is much greater than what I can accomplish. I kind of feel a little bit like that today in the daily that I have. I've got 19 verses and I wonder, can I even do justice to these 19 verses? I feel like I have so much here that I could do, uh, these, these 19 verses, I could do five dailies for these 19 verses. And I thought about trying to shorten it up, but I feel like I need to try to do as much as I can. So, um, if you have time, if you can just pause right now, and you have time, time, I would encourage you to pause and to read Matthew 13, 24 through 43. Uh, It'll help you with the context. If if you don't have time uh, right now, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're listening to me, then when you have time later on today, uh, open open your Bibles and read it. it. It will help you with the context. So let me jump in and see what I can do. Um, you might have to slow down this podcast if you're listening to it because I think I'm going to be talking quite fast, but here we go. <laughs> we have uh, three parables and an interpretation that I want to cover. And in these three parables, I want to draw one, one theme coming out of these three parables. And uh, they come from Jesus saying the kingdom of God is like, or the, excuse me, the kingdom of heaven is like like. In Matthew, if I explained this a little bit before, Matthew used heaven and not God because he was talking to a generally to a, a Jewish group of people, and Yahweh was a God. Yahweh was a very special word, and, um, and you avoided using it as much as possible. But throughout the Gospels, we will see kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, and it is the same thing. And I don't want us to get mixed up on that. You see, when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God what he is saying is not what is to come because we can often think heaven is what is to come one day you know uh, we'll be in heaven no this is talking about what is happening right now and what was happening right now Jesus is the kingdom of God what he is doing presently what he was doing then and what he is doing now and I've spoke on this on Sunday so so hopefully this will, will make sense so what is he saying here? Well, there's three parables: there are a parable of the weed, the par- weeds, the parable of the seed, and the parable of the yeast. And uh, all three of these are talking about one thing, I believe, is that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God reflects God's patience. That's what it is, I think it is saying here: is reflecting God's patience. Because when you look at the, the 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 king when he gives the parable the kingdom of God is like the weeds that have been sown in a field. He's saying in there, we're gonna don't touch them until it's time to harvest. Because if you do, you're gonna pull up the good with the bad. So you need to wait until harvest. And then he comes to the parable of the mustard seed, and it's small, and one day it's going to grow to be a place where birds are going to perch on it. Have patience for something to happen with a little bit of something, it will happen. And then almost similarly, when it comes to the, the yeast, it's almost like the little mustard seed, but he's but saying that the, the yeast goes into the dough and it takes a while to permeate all of that dough to where eventually the whole thing will rise there. So you must wait. All of it has to do with waiting. All of it has to do with patience. I think that's why when we read in, in, in Peter, where, where Peter writes these words, For us, in 1 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. This is where we see that we have a patient God. And in life that we live right now, you and I must act with patience. We are called to be like God in this kingdom, so we are called to live in His patience. He is patient, we should be patient. It, matter, it isn't a matter of us trying to be more patient, it's a matter of resting in God who is patient. Does that make sense? I think it's important. Hear that again. It's not about a matter about us trying to be more patient. I don't think any of us can have enough patience, but it's a matter of resting in his patience because his patience is perfect. So I know that when I am not resting in his patience, I will, I will try to jump ahead of him because I become impatient. I will begin to make assumptions and I will then take control of an unwanted situation into my own hands. And really what happens, I make a mess. I begin to to try to pull out the weeds and the wheat is coming along with it. I'm I'm hurting people along the way. God's people, his children. I am sometimes dismissing something or someone because I don't see that they're usable enough. They've grown enough. they, They have what I think they should have when I don't live in God's patience. Or I find that I will grab hold of something and I'll begin to use it before it's time. Like trying to bake a loaf of bread before it totally rises. It's doughy, it's, it's not pleasant. So I think, I think in here what we can learn is this aspect of patience. Well, let me move on because that is a quick summation of these three parables and, 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 and perhaps the easier of the, of the teaching, the, the harder portion is, is what we come to and we're only gonna stretch the surface of the interpretation that the disciples ask for. See, so they, 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 they leave the crowd and they go into a home and the disciples ask and they say, God, can you explain that parable about the, the weeds and the seeds? And so Jesus says this, he says, the son of man, This is verse 37 of Matthew 13. The Son of Man is the farmer who planted the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people or the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one, the enemy who planted the weeds among the wheats is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, or the age, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin, all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the father's kingdom. Anyone who hears anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Well, let me jump into this and, and, and you see first of all that that we're called people of the kingdom or, or another version says the kingdom, the uh, children of the kingdom. We have been planted by the Son of God. God's Son, Jesus Christ, and we are to shine in this kingdom and we will shine brilliantly. We read in this point that when evil is totally removed, we will shine brilliantly. But in the meantime, we will shine now, not because we are privileged, not because we are filled with pride, but we will shine because we are to be this reflection of the glory and the love of God. Isn't that wonderful? We were designed to reflect God's glory. That's what we were designed for, that's what we were created in His image. And we were reflected in different ways because we're not all created alike, and so therefore we will reflect Him in different ways. That is a, that is a beautiful, beautiful expression. But also, as we shine, as we're told by people by, uh, by Paul, that we are to shine like a star in the universe in a crooked and depraved generation. What does he mean by that? And what is he talking about shining here? Well, shining has two responses. We can shine in a way that draws people, like a sunrise will draw us into that sun and the, and, and the beauty and the radiance of it. I mean, this, the last few days have been wonderful to see the sun come up and we're drawn to that. And it's just beautiful. But the sun also can be so intense, like we had a heat dome this last summer, that we just can't stand the, the sun. We can't stand in it. we were looking for shade. We're looking to get away from it. And you know, that is the way it is with us sometimes. As we reflect the glory of God, some people can't be around us. They can't stand it. They don't want it. It's not us. It is Him. It shouldn't stop us from shining. We just need to understand that. We have, as we move forward, we have this judgment pronounced, and this judgment is that one day, one day, the weeds will be dealt with, they'll be picked up, they'll be the wheat and the weeds will be picked up, and they'll be sorted, and the the, the weeds are going to be thrown away, and they're going to be thrown away and to be dealt with forever. And our response to that can be two ways: one is is that we can look at it and we can say well, cool. I guess I need, to, uh, I need to make that announcement. I need to tell people that, you know, if you don't turn to God, you're going to burn. Turn or burn, dude. Or, or we, we're on such a, a love kick right now that we say, well, God is so loving. I mean, He would never, he would never uh, punish anybody. I mean, come on. He, he one day is, is, is going to wait until the weeds turn into wheat. You know, neither one of these are really the the way that we should interpret or we should uh, preach it. You see, I don't think that we need to be uh, expressing that we have the sadistic God who happily condemns his image-bearer creatures to eternal fire, because I don't think that's true. Nor do I think that he is an indulgent grandparent determined to spoil his youngsters and then at the end of the day give them their sweets. That's not going to happen either. No, what we read here is that there'll come a time and a day where God will pronounce judgment, but He is patient. That's what they are all saying, that God is a patient God, and He desires that no one would perish. But there will come a day, there will come an age, at the end of the age, at the end of the day, where judgment will take place. What does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? Well, if we know our Savior, we will be judged we'll be judged in light of Christ. But if we don't know our Savior, we'll be judged in light of that. It's not to fear. It's not to cause anxiety. It's just truth. But for us who know Him, our judgment is into eternity with Him. Well, here's the bottom line that I would really like to give you as I try to wrap this up. So much in here, not enough time to do justice to it. I would just say to us, you and I are called to live in God's patience. For the world around us, the people around us, in our own lives, we are to live in His patience. Let us not cast judgment upon people or this world, for God is the one who will do the judging, not us. God bless you this week.